thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within as always. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And we've got a supercharged show for you guys today. You see, the three of us actually haven't been in the same country, same time zone, um, same daylight savings. <laughs> we haven't we haven't even been breathing the same air for months. So it's kind of cool. Well, not months, maybe weeks. But it's kind of cool for us to all be together and to be able to catch up on what we've all been doing. And we've got a couple of questions that you guys have also asked us that we thought we might be able to add into the show um, to get answered because we get so many amazing questions and feedbacks from you guys on our Facebook page, which we, honestly, we can't even begin to tell you how much we appreciate being engaged in a conversation with you. So um, we thought that we would take some time to um, to talk about that. But first of all, we want to really catch up on what's been happening. And I think, really, I think our Miss Kimmy has the biggest news that has occupied the most amount of brain space for her, her family, for us, and for everybody that loves and cares about her. So I think, Miss Kimmy, I think you need to go first. You need to tell us about how you've been. Oh, you sweet soul. Well, yes, it has oh, sweet. been. I could just my eyes out I could howl oh oh I can't bear it can't bear it wish it was me oh you sweetheart you um yes well you know for people listening that have suffered with or have ever had to endure chronic pain um I think what's really interesting is that you then get confronted with choices so one of those choices is to live with it um and there's ways in which people deal and live with chronic pain and then there is things like surgery and medications and all sorts of other options and after two and a half years of investigation and realizing that everything I was doing and I was doing exactly as I was told from every single specialist I saw um the final last specialist I saw a specialist orthopedic neurosurgeon in Brisbane said look, I actually think one of the things that will work for you, you've got no disc, your two vertebrae are rubbing very closely, they're bruising and you could live with this forever but the pain will get slowly worse um, or else we can do this new, fairly new procedure called an A-lift procedure, an anterior lumbar interbody fusion which they come into your, in through your tummy, they separate the space between, well for me it was L5, S1 and they hold the space open, scrape out, as he said, the flat tire. I had nothing left in there. Then they put in this new amazing technology, which is a kind of plastic, um, I guess, uh, product, and it's called a cage. And then they fill that with bits of your own bone marrow and bits of your own bones from the surrounding area, and they pack that inside this cage, and then that sits inside, and then they put like a a staple over the front of it which is pinned in with four different screws to hold it all in place and it's it's gone it's totally replaced the old disc replacement surgery that they used to do years ago and so yes I I, I underwent that surgery just a week ago and 
Yes, it was very interesting, very interesting. <laughs> so it's been a struggle and it's been challenging and, you know, the medications that I've had to take and the, the care. I will say this, um, you know, there's something to be said for modern medicine and I'm certainly appreciative of those drugs. And I will tell you something funny, though. I was telling Cindy the other day when I arrived at the hospital <laughs> down in Brisbane, I... Um, came to check in and they were admitting me into the hospital and as she was dressing me in these very oversized coats and blimmin' knickerbocker paper disposable pants and stockings on my legs and little slipper things and then a big robe, she goes, oh, you're so tiny. And I said, oh, I know, um, you know, compared to this size jacket, it's quite amazing. And she goes, no, no, you're really little. Then I went through to the nurse on the other side and she goes, oh, look at this little thing coming in. And then the third nurse, when I got taken through to go up to theatre, I got to lie down on this bed waiting and this nurse comes home and she goes, oh, hello. She goes, oh, aren't you tiny? And then I went, oh, okay. And then a nurse came over and put the, the label on my ankle and just got me all prepped. And she goes, gosh, so, so small. You can't, I, I almost missed you on the bed. And by this stage, I'm starting to think, Wow. <laughs> Do I have I have I all of a sudden lost ten kilos before you know and worry from downstairs up to here? Then I finally get taken into the pre-anesthesia or just outside the theatre, and I can hear all the, you know, the banging and crashing of stainless steel, and obviously getting all ready for the procedure. And my heart started pounding, and so I was lying there, doing a um, a meditation and just honouring my body for what we're about to go through together and. The surgeon pops his head in and he goes, oh, hello, I'm Michael. I'll be part of your surgical team today. Jeez, God, I hardly even noticed you on the bed there. Anyway, I'll be, I'll see you shortly. And off he disappeared. And then the anaesthetist comes in, this beautiful part Asian man, and he sits down and he goes, wow, what do you do to keep fit and healthy? And I said, sorry. And he goes, oh, you're tiny. And I went, all right, what's going on? Why is everybody telling me I'm so little and so tiny? And he goes, oh, really? And I said, you're the sixth person to say it. And he goes, well, you know, I'll be honest with you, 20 years ago when I first started working in theatre, the, the tables that we operate on had a maximum bearing weight of 110 kilos. 10 years ago, it was 130. And today it's 160. And he said, so trust me, you're tiny. And I went, well, haven't the food corporations and industries got a lot to answer for then? And he goes, what? And I said, what do you think about it? All the garbage that everybody's eating these days, all the chemicals, everything we're bombarded with. And I mean, you must have heard of obesogens and you surely have heard of all the absolute political warfare going on between food companies and what's going on out there in the world. And he goes, wow, hadn't thought about it like that. That's not a word of a lie. That's what he said. I hadn't thought about it That's like that. That's just unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it, Kim? Yeah. And then I just said, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, but what an interesting view. Yeah, that's, yeah, really thoughtful. <laughs> so I, then I looked at him and I'm thinking, damn, are you guys all operating on me? Because it doesn't sound very intelligent right this minute. <laughs> anyway, um, then I got taken through and, you know, he'd obviously given me something in my arm because I started slurring. And um, then my surgeon came over and he goes, well, isn't this going to be a treat? We're actually going to be able to see everything inside here today. It's going to be lovely. And apparently it was a real privilege to offer to operate on my body. They said they saw everything. My organs all looked healthy. It was so nice to have instant access to the spine. And it was just, it was so not the conversations I was expecting, but it was, yeah, it was amazing and very, very grateful for it, I can say. And so, how have you? How how did how did you? Like, how long were you in surgery for? Two and a half hours. 
Um, he rang my husband straight afterwards and said, yes, this was definitely needed. There is absolutely nothing left of that disc. I asked why it had happened to me. You know, I'm fit and healthy and I've looked after myself. His answer was, it's it's just some people get degeneration in certain things. Other people get autoimmune. Other people get um, migraines for you for some reason. Could have been an injury from when I was very young. Um, there was no explanation as to why my L5S1 disc had degenerated to the way it had, um, considering all the others are very healthy. Um, I did have an accident when I was playing netball at 16 where I landed on my tailbone and was flat on my back for two weeks. I asked if that could have been it. He felt it could have been, but no one no one could say it was conclusive. So, yeah, it was just, it was a little bit kind of weird, really. But as far as the surgery went, you know, I'm very sore still. I have to have six weeks off work and off. I can't drive. It's very weird for someone like me to be told I can't do things. Um but at the same time, it's given me an opportunity to be writing my book. So, you know, that doesn't doesn't stop me wanting to do things. But I just get exhausted. And I was talking to Cindy about this on the weekend that, you know, these anaesthetics can take a lot out of us. And probably for right. the first time in my yeah. life, I'm having to learn the art of, of, of self-care in a really different way, not the way I've been used to. Yeah, but you can never keep a good woman woman down, Karen. So <laughs> That's true. on Friday, yeah, on Friday night. So I don't know, not even a week after the surgery. I, where, how long ago was the surgery, Kimmy? Yeah, it was one week later. But I don't know. One, if you one say week this. later, <laughs> she does a speaking engagement on the Friday night. Then serious? I <laughs> serious. She does a speaking engagement. I am around at her place on Thursday, just going through my. Um, some some things that I wanted to go through with regards to my health retreat. I said, can I just go through it with you, Kimmy? And and she says, yes. And then we get to this point and I said, I'm not good at number eight when number eight is, you know, when you become self-doubting or you have negative self-talk. Um, this is step eight in manifesting. I said, I'm not very good at that. I think I'll just might slide over that one. She said, no, 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 this is the way we'll do it. So we start talking about how we're going to do it, and and then and then she gives me the whole lecture, and then she says, "Look, I'll just come and do it." So <laughs> oh, Saturday man. afternoon at three thirty, she arrives three thirty four o'clock and starts talking around four, and you should have seen her up there. And a lady came up to me afterwards, and she just goes, "I would never have known that that girl had had major surgery." Um, a week before, she looked amazing, absolutely beautiful healthy fit didn't like she'd been through anything and and I said I know she is amazing and and one person said in the middle of her talk they go oh my gosh Cindy she talks faster than you (laughs) (laughs) but then what I did notice is I noticed Kim uh, you know like I came up to the stage and Kim said I'm finished she walked away and I then I got worried about her I started looking at her and kept glimpsing over at her as I'm speaking and then she waved goodbye her and Danny took her home so I know it exhausted her but you know you can't keep a good woman down <laughs> <laughs> do not tell my surgeon I hope he doesn't listen to podcasts <laughs> well I, I spoke to Ogilvy this morning Kim oh, and no, Ogilvy you didn't just tell went him. I didn't, I didn't tell him what you did. I didn't. I promised that. But Ogilvy just said, you make sure she's pinned down and do not let her get up. <laughs> I said, okay, Ogilvy, okay. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because, you know, Karen, in this day and age, within three hours of the operation, of me coming out of the operation, the physio came in and got me up to walk. 
So that's three hours after the surgery. I had physio twice a day for the four days I was in hospital. I've been doing my exercises every day. So, And then my surgeon did say something to me because I get what he's saying. On one level, he said to me, look, you've got to really take care, particularly in these first couple of weeks, very little, just no lifting, more than two kilos, no more than five kilos, da 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 But he also said, you know, what we've done in there is very strong and don't don't feel precious about your back. And that, I, that was just what I needed to hear because so many people go, oh, you can't, you shouldn't. But it's kind of, I think it's different these days. I think I'm not trying to be silly and I'm not trying to be a martyr. I'm not trying to say, you know, I'm not forcing anything. Trust me, the minute I feel tired and it does hit me, I just go, I'm like, in fact, I can't do anything other than lie down because I just, I've got nothing. That's the one thing I've noticed is probably my, my energy levels, it's there. All of a sudden I go, oh, I'm back, I'm fine, everything's fine. And then half an hour later I go, I've got to lie down, I've got to lie down. So um, That would be the anesthetic though, wouldn't it? And I also so. you're having to be in so much pain. Like that's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. Well, she looks like she's had a cesarean section. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it does actually. <laughs> so how, yeah. Mm. Anyway, my darlings, the positives are that it's done. Um, I've learnt a lot and I've been, I was very fascinated to watch all the people in hospital. I, I swear to you, not one of them was very, I, I didn't see another athletic looking person, put it that way. And I was in the orthopedic ward, so I would have liked to have seen more athletic types in there. Um, I could see why he was talking about the weight issues. But then when they bought me my breakfast, now this is a funny thing. I mean, I've lost five, nearly five kilos since I went to hospital. Well, if you could see the food that they bring out, there's just, it's just, it's just not real. It's not what I'd call my food. And so I had beautiful friends that would go out and bring me in food or would bring me beautiful um, things that would just feed. And I wasn't hungry, so it's not like I was really hungry. It was just eating real food. Grapes with my friend in that place. And then a bit of hummus and some beautiful crackers. Um, it was just really nice to, to have that sense of, um, I don't know, real food around me at times. So, you know, I just, you have to go prepared to these places. You can't, you cannot go into a hospital situation and think that, are we still talking? Yeah, totally. Oh, sorry. Oh, I think we may have lost Cindy, but yeah, I'm trying to get her back in while you, yeah, sorry, you keep sharing with us because I, just, it's, I think it's, I think just about everybody who goes into hospital would have the same issue that they face. Well, our listeners would, wouldn't they? You know, they just... For sure. It's just such a... Um, yeah, so it's I'm lucky. I'm lucky I took my esky in. I had a, there was a fridge up the hallway that Danny would go and get my food. Um, I wasn't overly hungry. I was drinking lots of water. I had my kombucha. Um, I was drinking lots of tea. Tea was my friend. I wrote a list of all the things that I would love in a shop near the hospital because I had this vision of opening my own cafe and, and beautiful um, gift shop right next to a wellness center like a hospital or something. And I just wrote down yeah. all these things like silk pillowcases or a nice soft cotton pillowcase would have been nice to have been brought in. Um, beautiful lip balm, like you didn't want much for your skincare, a serum and a cleanser was more than enough. You know, it was just all these little things I started writing down and noticing. So, you know, if I was to pack my bags to go to hospital, I've, I've written down everything that I'd take if I had to do it again. <laughs> oh, do you have that list now, Kimmy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I find this fascinating. Okay, let's let's do it because there might be somebody listening that is going to hospital and you're going to give them Aww. a really good – 
Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Well, first of all, I wrote down that I had to have my um, my. Oh gosh, now where have I put my list? But I'll just while I'm looking for it. The first thing was to take my little esky, so I had my changing habits bag, and. I knew that I wouldn't probably feel like eating a lot, so I asked Danny, we packed some beautiful organic hummus, some of those beautiful just rice crackers. I had um, some, um, I did put sauerkraut in there, but I didn't touch it for some reason. I didn't feel like anything like that while I was in there. I had kombucha, I had kefir, and I had kefir yogurt. So I knew that, I looked at this really as a a four-day cleanse or a five-day cleanse. I looked at it. Let's not worry about the food. Let's look at it from a cleansing, rest my digestive system, allow my body to come back. So I took things in and Danny bought me in fresh juice every day. On the first and the second night, I had such a, a terrible migraine. So, um, and they say that that was just my reaction to the anesthetic. So Danny went down both every morning after that and got me a coffee, a shot, a shot of black coffee and that became that just cleared the headache amazingly um so I had that I had my own glass water bottle I took my diffuser and I took in four oils I had definitely lavender instant calm peace and meditation and I took in my beautiful um, focus and clarity they were the only oils I had my skincare I knew that I wouldn't be wearing makeup and I wouldn't be worried about that so all I took was my serum a beautiful, um, gorgeous jojoba-based serum, and I used that as my cleanser and my moisturiser. I had my natural toothpaste, my earth paste, and my beautiful natural brush, and I had a natural body wash, which I'd actually been given from from somebody as a gift, and that was really special. So that was the only skincare that I had in there, um, and I didn't want or need for anything else. Um, obviously, I had my hairbrush, um, I did have my hair done the day before I went to surgery so that I knew I didn't have to think about that. I'm just saying. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I also <laughs> took um, a beautiful cotton, couple of cotton um, wraps, uh, you know, like dressing gowns, just little short dressing gowns because I knew the sooner I got out of the hospital gown, the more well I would feel. Um, I had a little side mirror just so that I could make sure that when that gorgeous doctor came in, I was looking okay-ish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll trust you. I had my um, <laughs> my earphones for my podcasts, so I was listening to podcasts. Mainly, actually, I listened to TED Talks, although it's funny. People ask me what I watched. I can't actually tell you. I thought I watched heaps, but I cannot remember one of them, so I don't know whether that was the anesthetic. Um, I also took in a compress, so a beautiful muslin cloth, because I the last time I had an anesthetic um, for my shoulder operation, I knew that. I just loved a really soft cloth and when Taylor Taylor came in every day and she'd rinse it out and put a couple of drops of lavender on that. My rose water spritzer was definitely a part of my repertoire because that could sit right beside and my lip balm. They, those two were right beside me the whole time and I'd just spritz myself and then I'd put my lip balm on. I did have a book with me and I did have a magazine but I never, I, I just didn't have the energy to look at those so I don't know. If, if I was in there longer, maybe I would have. I don't know. But I loved my music and my headphones and my meditations. That's what I really enjoyed doing when I was recuperating. Um, and I think, 
going off the top of me, that was it. Danny brought me in, a girlfriend brought me in a bowl of soup on the Saturday night, a chicken, beautiful organic chicken soup, which I didn't eat the chicken. They told me not to eat any of the chicken, but they did say to me, you know, eat the greens and the broth. And so I didn't have any of the food that was brought to me from the hospital. Danny ate that. It's hilarious. Um, I So I had my broth on the Saturday night. And believe it or not, the operation was on the Thursday that was the first kind of bit of food that I actually ate on the it was by the Saturday night, and then I just had beautiful herbal teas, um, and a couple of sips of kombucha a couple of times a day, and my kefir yogurt when that ran out. I wished I'd had a bit more of that, but apart from that, it really was a, a four five day cleanse, and I've only just started wanting to eat a bit more now. I did come home and crave. Um, I wanted something with a bit more substance, so Danny made me a beautiful omelette with um, lots of spinach and and um, avocado and, and asparagus. I, I was just craving greens and some protein, so that's when I, I kind of felt fine. But, yeah, it was, I looked at it more as a cleanse than I did a um, what am I going to eat. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes absolutely. a lot of sense, yeah. It sounds amazing. So you're um, – we might have to put that list up somehow. Um, I thought it was going to be five items. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is really. There's a Karen, few food I'd love items. to see what Karen takes. <laughs> <laughs> Let us not speak of it. Let us not speak of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think the last time I was in hospital was 2011 or something. I had, I had my left ovary removed and I just can't remember me taking anything. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you did. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you. I'm sure you had your fluffy slippers. <laughs> Positive, I did. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. So we've got to keep her down. That's our main thing, Karen. We just can't oh, let her get up. Yeah, she's just got oh. to. So that picture on Facebook with you and Nin and Deb Badalini, was that a speaking engagement, Kim? Oh, no, that's the other thing. People people put a picture up saying thinking of you and it's photos from past events and things like that. And then I get texts oh. text from my brother and my mother and my mother-in-law going, yes. what are you doing? What are you doing out and about? And I went, no. And even Ogilvy, our emergency doctor, went, did I see a picture of you at a speaking engagement? And I went, no. And it's like they were pictures from last year. But, yeah, people have just put pictures up saying thinking of you which was so sweet but then other people are going oh my god you're up and about (laughs) well when i saw it i went no bloody way no (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i'm glad that you're okay Mm. i am thank you for thinking of me your messages were very well and much appreciated and taylor was just phenomenal at giving everybody the update because i had nothing i had nothing to give (laughs) She was great. Oh, yeah, I just loved her photos of you. Oh, oh. she's such a mean daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and there she is with her full face of makeup, just come back from dancing, looking like a ballerina. Yep. And she does a selfie with me in the background with my mouth open, probably <laughs> snot hanging out of me, tubes hanging out of me. And then people go, ooh, ooh she doesn't look very good. And it's like, of course you don't look good. Of course you don't look good after you've come out of surgery, honestly. And especially with that as a comparison. What was she thinking? <laughs> I laughed at that photo because I was just—I just looked at it and went, 
Oh, your mother is going to kill you when she knows you've taken that. I will get her back. Don't worry. (laughs) I know you will. All those beautiful photos of her dancing across the stage, done, done, done. (laughs) The minute she falls, there'll be a photo. It'll be on. Yeah, it'll be great. Oh, dear. You know, it is interesting from a, I was trying to think about it. I was going to ask you this, Karen, too, from a, I'm going for a kinesiology treatment tomorrow just to ensure that there is no emotional or anything kind of like, you know, that could be lingering in there around this and trying to look at it from a metaphysical point of view as well and just how to support myself back to to wellness in the greatest way I can. And I just, I wish they'd record, I'd love to watch what they do, but then maybe you wouldn't want to see it. But it's kind of like, it's kind of weird. Where do you go? Where do you go while they operate? I mean, what what is an anesthetic? Like I tried so hard to stay awake. I tried so hard. But it's like, what happens? The anesthesia is so different, I would imagine, to being, is it different to being concussed? Um, yeah, well, because the anesthetic actually removes levels of consciousness and they can control your level of consciousness with the amount of drugs that they give. So when they, because they've got, um, you know, five or six different vials of different um, medications and when they, the anesthesiologist, their job is to adjust those different vials of medication dependent on the severity of the operation um, and, and how much, how, how, how uh, how significant the lack of consciousness needs to be in order for you to sustain that operation and come out the other side of it alive. And they also have a a um, muscle disabler. So they include the muscle disabler along with the, 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 the consciousness adjuster, one of a better word, <laughs> um, to, to relax all of the muscles so that they can move around and do all of the work that they need to do and um, while you're not there. But where you go, that's a whole other conversation. There's so much research. There's, a, there's an amazing professor, Dr. David Chalmers, and he's the head of consciousness research at the Canberra University, but he's also the head of consciousness research worldwide, and we're very blessed to have him here. And he's done um, thousands of white papers on the study of consciousness and the um, theoretical study of what happens when a person is under anesthetic. There's no definitive answer on where the – the self goes that there's, there's, there's no, wow. It's funny. I, I remember watching what's the bleep, um, many years ago. And, um, at the very end of what's the bleep, there's a anesthesiologist that has, has talked about the whole thing and what the bleep is. Your reality is not the same as everybody else's reality. And I remember at the very end, they do a little interview with each of the specialists that, um, were in What's the Bleep, and this one who was the anesthesiologist, and I say the American way because I can't say the Australian way, <laughs> anesthesis, and whatever they're called. Anesthetist. 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 So I just go to the American anesthesiologist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he said, I was always intrigued when I put somebody to sleep as to where they went. Mm. And, um, and so he started to look into it deeper, but now I don't remember his answer, so I can't help you <laughs> oh, at all. <laughs> oh, honestly, I was looking forward to that. <laughs> well, I will go back and watch What's the Bleep because we talked about it over the weekend, so I will go back and watch What's the Bleep and I'll let you know, Kimmy. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I was just curious as they were giving it to me. I was thinking, oh, I wonder where I'm going to go. I wonder where I'm going. And you know what no. I learned too is I had to actually surrender to the whole thing and not fight it. It was like, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd made the decision. The operation was happening. Get you know, get into it. Get on with it. Trust. Have faith. Because one of the things that Ogilvy said to me, who's an emergency doctor friend of ours, I met with him a couple of days beforehand, and he's, he just wanted some pragmatic advice around how much the anaesthetic was going to knock me around, how I had to really recuperate, and he gave me lots of things. Um, I guess from a health and a medicine perspective as to what happens, what will happen and, and the recovery, which was quite good. It was like having a pep talk with your coach. It was really, he was so cool. And then he said to me, he goes, right, I've got one other question for you and you're not going to like it. And I said, what's that? And he said, have you thought about it if this operation doesn't work? What's your plan C? And I went, I don't have a plan C. I just assumed. He goes, what was the, what's the success rate in this operation? I said, well, he said 90%. He goes, well, what if you're one of the 10? And I went, I don't want to think like that, Ogilvy. And he goes, well, I'm just inviting you to think about it. And I went, well, it should work, shouldn't it? And he goes, well, I'm just asking you what you think if it won't. And I just went, um, and it really rattled me because I hadn't even gone there and I didn't know if it was a good thing to go there. Anyway, he said, all right, look, let me put it this way. There are a lot of people out there living with chronic pain. If the operation doesn't work the first time and then the surgeons turn around and say, look, we'll go in again, he goes, what makes you think it would work a second time if it didn't work the first time? So I just question whether people should go back in for a second time. He said, but there are a lot of people out there living with chronic pain and there is ways, there are ways to live with chronic pain. I'm just letting you know that that's, that, that is a possibility and it was it was kind of like a, a bit shocking to confront that, but it was also it was also reassuring actually, um, because for a lot of people out there that do live with chronic pain, you know, in fact, you wouldn't. I mean, most people were surprised to hear I'd gone into hospital. No one would have realised I've been living with chronic pain for the last two years, two and a half years, and it catches me all the time. And I'm not on medication for it. I haven't taken medications for it. I've just lived with it. What I realise here's another interesting thing, Karen. My operation was the 16th of March. On the 1st of March, I woke up and went, oh, my gosh, it's March. Oh, I have my surgery in two weeks. From that moment, my back hurt more than it had hurt for the last two and a half years. And I could not stop the pain. And I was really questioning it and going, oh, I obviously really need the surgery. It's got really worse. Now, I'm wondering whether I had learnt and manifested a way to mm. control the pain over the last two and a half years because I've never known what it is or what I was doing and I'd blocked out the fact that I was having major surgery. But I, I was so fascinated on the 1st of March when I in, and I made the, relevation, the, the revelation in my head that, oh, my gosh, surgery's in a couple of weeks' time. From that moment, my back was sorer than ever, ever, ever. What's that about? Well, it's it's highly likely that one or two things could possibly have been happening there. Is that yeah, you've been pacing yourself for the last two years, you know, not knowing what it is or how long it's going to go for. Your body kind of paces itself and prepares itself. So the body, it it acts independently of the brain, and then eventually, what lands up happening is the reptilian part of the brain, the fight or flight, the survival mode of the brain, that kicks in to make sure that it maintains a level of status quo that's not threatening life. And when the body goes into massive pain, then the um, reptilian part of the brain responds first and foremost to do whatever it needs to do with the hormones, with the neuropeptides, with whatever is required to maintain status quo as well as possible. So, you know, you probably let yourself out of that pacing yourself, knowing that you had the surgery coming up, so that could have been one, or two, 
um, knowing that you had surgery coming up, you could have exaggerated the sensation for yourself. Mm. You know, kind of it's almost like um, justifying having the surgery. It's like this is the right thing to do and then the body says, yes, you're right, this is the right thing to do because it wants to be right, it wants to support you, it wants to, you know, make sure that your decisions are right and it's all in an effort to, to again, keep the status quo. Mm. So the body could have exaggerated the sensation of pain to make sure that the decision was justified. Wow. Interesting, yeah. isn't it, how the brain just works amazingly? Mm. It's amazing. Mm. It's absolutely amazing. And how, you know, the body is so in tune with what it requires to survive that it will bypass, it will bypass any memory, any cognitive um, uh, analysis it'll it'll bypass every thinking process every intellect every creative process it will bypass it in order to survive mm. so whatever it needs to do it's going to do it and it's almost as if you have no say mm. by the time it reaches that point you have no say that you just have to relinquish control or surrender control and just go with whatever the body is doing because it's just doing what it needs to do to survive it's a really good point that surrendering mm. has been my word that's been my my affirmation, surrendering to the help, surrendering to my body's needs, surrendering to my sleep, surrendering to everything. And it's it's actually been quite liberating, I have to say. I reckon, Kimmy, you know, there's something really amazing about going through what you've been through in that the you that was here before is not the you that's here right now. Mm. So the you that's actually going through all of this right now, even through the recovery, is more of a profound version of yourself. Mm. And when you were just about to go in for surgery and you were lying on the operating table before they, you know, they put you under, that version of you is not a normal version of you. It's almost as if you had already left the building. And as much as you felt like you were still very present there, um, you weren't there pretty much, you know, like mm. the the. the day-to-day version of you wouldn't be there because the fear would be uncontrollable mm. the fear would have you leap off that table fo- so fast and again it would just be the body's natural response you couldn't help it yeah you'd be shaking uncontrollably you'd be beside yourself because you you know it's the fear of death so the fact that you actually managed to lie there and maintain conversations i i, I really you know having gone through many myself and Mm-hmm. being with so many people who've gone through it the you that's there is a different version of you it's a more um universally balanced mm-hmm. how do i even put that into words probably not the right words it's almost as if in those in that like that um desiderata poem where it says when you look back and you see that there's only one set of footsteps don't think that i've left you it was when i picked you up to carry you mm-hmm. and it's almost as if there's this there's this beautiful powerhouse that lives inside that steps forward and steps in front and it sees you through that's exactly how it feels Mm. Mm. and it was very liberating to go up and then see cindy and and i think part of my drive to do that cindy was to feel Mm. normal to feel um not, not to beat it, not to be competitive with it. I wasn't trying to be a, a martyr or a star or anything like that. It was to to just get back in touch with, with who I am and what I do and, and to do that in a safe environment was very, it was beautiful actually. It was really lovely. So 
Yeah, on that note, gosh, gosh, haven't we all been busy and through things? So thank you for for asking me, but I, I, I hope that helps any of our listeners on one level, but it was certainly an interesting journey and it continues to be one. And I'll keep you posted. Can't wait to start running again. Everybody's oh, told you. me. Everybody's told me. Yeah. Swimming, 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 swimming. My oh, you got a bloody, bloody Cindy in my ear. Swimming, swimming, swimming. Shark infested waters, or cyclone infested at the moment. Oh, I, I swam this morning, and the waves were quite. They're getting bigger and bigger. So, yeah, it's cyclone infested. Don't worry about the sharks. It's the waves <laughs> that you're going to have to be scared about. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So what about you, Miss Karen? I, I know that I like um, I was talking to Carmen Atkinson and she oh. told me she was speaking at your event. So I'd, I'd love to hear what event you did and what did Carmen have to say? What did she speak on? Because um, she's a pretty, pretty incredible um, woman. Oh, she's amazing, you know. I just I, I literally just finished um, the other day the Effortless Self Level 1 Retreat and um, normally I would do a yoga session and we would do, a, you know, some Ayurveda in, our, in the level one session. But I decided to do this particular retreat a little bit differently and base it on themes. So the first theme was about understanding how everything we think we know is an illusion. So I took us through the whole day of revealing the illusory nature of what we think we know and what we think we know about ourselves, each other, what we think we know about love, what we think we know about money, all those sorts of things. And then um, I also decided that it was going to be more of a, a mind-body connection because the theme for day two was aligning the mind, body, emotions, and life energies. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to get somebody who could really work with every, work with everybody on the physical side but also understand that when the physical side is capitalized on, then you can reach greater heights from an enlightenment perspective. And Carmen has been working with me for the last, probably we're into our seventh week now. She wrote me a training program. I started um, working with her for some um, stuff on my back and my feet. And she wrote me a training program that was really fun. And I, and it was the it was the kind of training program I have looked for my entire life. Like it's so fun, it's achievable, but then there are other parts that are just so not. But there's like it's not just one thing to do or two things to do in a training session. Like in an hour's block, there's like 12 different things to do. And so it's got so much variety in it. I'm, you know, out and about. It's just it's perfect for somebody like me. It's absolutely ideal. And she let me sit with that for four weeks and then she gave me the next level up. And oh, my God. That next level up was like I couldn't I couldn't quite believe what she was giving me. And she said she was going to start training me to be a triathlete. And, I, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure that you've got the right pancake for that. I'm really not sure. But, look, hey, I'll give it a red hot match. But, honestly, it's so much fun. Like Mondays are hill sprints, Tuesdays are stair climbs, Wednesdays are, uh, are swimming, Thursdays are um, uh, stop-start run sprints. Uh, Fridays are uh, core workouts and then we've got two or three strength sessions in there and then there's another core strength session in there and then there's a couple of yoga sessions in there. So it's, you know, like seven or eight sessions per week. And um, I have not missed a beat since I started with her. Wow. Yeah, I have not missed one game. 
not mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't miss one day. I live for it. Mm. It's fabulous. Oh my god, you're yeah. gonna be in the Masters World Games before we know it. <laughs> love, love. Look again, I don't think I'm that candidate. <laughs> but she really, she really understood. Like when I was explaining it to her, I said, you know, I, I can't not because ex- I hadn't exercised for some time because of some of the pain that I had with my back. And I said, so I just can't not do it anymore. I, I had to do something. And my thing, you know, I'm no, I'm no Kim Morrison, but my thing has always been running ever since I was a kid. And I love swimming. I'm just not brave enough to go in the ocean yet with Cindy, but I will. I'm working on it. Good. <laughs> but the, the thing that we both discussed, which just totally lit me up, was how the body naturally needs to move. It's wired to move. Like a baby has its jerking movements because the body is just doing that randomly and voluntar- involuntarily because the body has to move. And as we get older, we stop doing that. And when we do that, then the brain can't function as well as it needs to. So as much as I've been about the psychology and the spirituality um, and the expansion, I haven't ever really cared enough, I don't think, for the physicality of, of the house that looks after the, the self or the me. So doing this with Carmen has just opened up a whole new world for me on a completely new level. And when she came, she came and did a beautiful presentation for us on the Thursday night. For an hour, and then she came back on the third on the Friday morning and did the most amazing training session for us. Amazing, and we had women of all different fitness levels, all different attitudes, all different approaches, and everybody was into it, boots and all. It was absolutely brilliant to see it. Fabulous, Karen. It's interesting yeah. that a lot of people that are so spiritually, mentally, emotionally driven with knowledge and. Um, there is there does seem to be like I, I look at monks for instance they don't exactly look like physical specimens I don't mean that <laughs> rudely but they're not they're not they're not what you'd call you know hunter gatherers or tribe looking types people that spend no. a lot of time working on their spirituality and a lot of time working on their own mind and, and mastery of self don't seem to have the connection to the body so much that is what I've noticed is is there a different sense of a, a utopia kind of feeling when you've now brought this element into it? Is that what you're saying? There's another whole level again that you never expected? I think, um, see, from, a, from, a, from that, you know, that, that, that really intense spiritual perspective, the view is that we are not the body. And when we um, identify ourselves as being the body, like I am this body, Therefore, I'm vulnerable, I'm, I'm, I'm weak, I'm threat- I can be threatened, blah, blah, blah. So that, that really intense spiritual view is that they are not the body. So their desire or their need to do anything to sustain the body beyond what's necessary isn't there because it takes time away from the spiritual advancement, from the, from the meditation or the, the chanting or whatever that might be. But in Ayurvedic studies and yogic studies, yogic therapies, it's very much um, a balanced approach in that, you know, and, and I still would say the same thing. As soon as I identify with my body, my life is very challenging because I have to be me in this world and be someone, act a certain way to try and achieve a certain thing, you know, becomes very ambitious and goal-oriented and it's just it, it doesn't work, doesn't work for anybody. But um, in the yogic sciences, they talk about how the body 
is um, a it's a house, if you like, for want of a better word. It's a house for the life that has been breathed into the body. So when you cut the body open like you, Kimmy, you're not in there. But when they sew you back up, all of a sudden life is breathed back into you. So the, the body does need to align or does need to be quietened so that then um, the mind or, the, or, the, or, the, or the, the spiritual psychology can be heard. Because interestingly enough, and I didn't realize this, and I know this is going to sound totally out there. I can't believe I'm even going to say this to 2.5 million people. But when um, I did a really intense yoga session with this group that came over from India, and I did it in Brisbane a couple of weeks back, and it was so intense, it took everything that I had and it went for two days full on, morning through till night and then morning through till night the next day. And for the very first time on the third day, my body was unbelievably quiet. So I didn't know that the mind had a lot of chatter and that the body had a lot of chatter. I didn't realize that the body was probably even more noisy in terms of memories, feelings, sensations, distractions. Um, I didn't realize how much noise there was from it. So that intense, well, not necessarily intense, but that that exercise program that Carmen does, it has bursts of intensity, which I don't even know if she knows it yet, but from the Ayurvedic and the yogic sciences, it actually quietens the body so that when you do sit in meditation, it's a much more alert and a much more heightened state of awareness that you can reach when the body is quiet. And you reach that through um, either, you know, intense <laughs> sessions of yoga. And kundalini yoga has been unbelievable for that, um, as is um, other types of hatha yoga. But then also, you know, the sprinting, the running, the hills, the strong session, uh, strength sessions. So, yeah, Kimmy, it has. It's 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 been a it's been an eye opener for me, mm. um, probably for about twelve months. Maybe maybe twelve months. It's been a real eye opener for me, and I guess I've searched, I've searched for somebody who could give me a program that would help me achieve that, but in a really fun way, mm-hmm. you know. Because I'm not a fan to go and sit in a stinky room, or you know, I don't want to have somebody running next to me yelling at me, or I don't just want to do one or two things. I, I need a lot of variety. Mm-hmm. So, oh, it's been amazing. I, I, honestly, beyond my wildest dreams, it's been amazing. My meditations now. I mean, I crave them. And if I don't have, if I don't give my time, my, myself the time to meditate each day, I'm like a cat on a hot tin roof. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how much more stuff is coming up for me to reconcile, which is um, challenging but worth mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always find if I do a meditation and I've done no exercise during the day that I cannot, I, I, I can't do it. I don't know what it is, but I'm physically my body will not stop. It just mm. wants to keep. It wants to move my legs, move my arms. I can't get comfortable. But if I do a yoga um, practice, and it only has to be a few sun salutations before the meditation, I'm fine. So I, you know, I don't. Yeah, I, right. good. It's but interesting. Yeah, it's great, Cindy, because actually what you're doing is you're preparing the body for a journey of the mind and yoga is perfect for that mm. so keep doing that keep doing that because what you're doing is you're not exerting the body you're actually stretching the body yeah. and meditation is stretching the mind so mm. Mm. that's beautiful 
Mm. I, and I, on that, oh, stretching the mind, crikey, what happened to you at your retreat this week, Cindy? <laughs> yeah, oh. it was really amazing. Um, before I actually do talk about the retreat, I, I saw Carmen this morning and um, Carmen, it was 6 a.m. in the morning and she had just run for half an hour and she's doing another four hours and she ran 40 kilometres today and she biked oh. 280 kilometres yesterday. So she's, this is who we've been talking about just so everybody knows and she's doing Ultraman in seven weeks. So she's quite the athlete. Um, quite amazing uh, and I think to listen to her speak because that has to be mind Karen and Kim oh. doesn't it like Kim you always say that 90% mental 10% physical so yeah. yeah oh gosh yeah you are in another realm and it almost feels mm. when you're doing that kind of distances and those kind of that kind of training the release of all those endorphins is what just oh it there's just something I can't even describe the feeling but you go to this you like it's almost like being high and on drugs it really oh not that I really know what that's like but I would have well actually yeah having gone with them but it's it's quite a euphoric feeling and you do not feel your body you actually don't feel it you just feel a strength uh, this this amazing strength mm, amazing so about um, my retreat, so I just did three days, um, well, two and a half days. It was Friday, uh, half day, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and I, I decided that to just give information about nutrition was not going to help them make changes in their lives. And I figured they were coming to make changes in their lives. And one of the interviews that has been released on Up for a Chat was an interview that I did with Michelle Nielsen which was manifesting Matisse. And I met Michelle seven years ago um, at, at an, a, a talk and I listened to her talk and she really made sense. I bought her book. I did everything, the 10 steps in her book. And, and I decided that a part of the retreat this year would be the 10 steps to manifesting. And um, I had three beautiful sisters that were at the retreat and one of the sisters admitted that even though she had written down what she wanted, her vision, her statement, uh, and everything that I'd talked about, she had a lot of negative talk, which is when Kim came in and talked about, you know, what do we do with negative talk about it? So she may have written down, I'm going to uh, wake up and I'm going to be amazing and et cetera, et cetera, and I won't have depression, I won't have anxiety and um, off. I'll feel better. Um, but she did it in a, a different way, but I'm just trying to say this is how we do it. And then Kim comes in and um, talks about how do we get out of this negative talk. She asks everybody to write down their negative talk and how do we get out of it. And after Kim left, she really opened up and she just said, there's no way. I've tried everything. Nothing's going to work. I can't see this happening. And she was, everybody in the retreat was feeling for her and um that night I went to bed and I thought what we need for this uh, sister one of the sisters is we need a coach I need a coach for her in Gympie and I thought about it that night and remembering that what 
manifesting is about is telling the universe what you want and then allowing the universe to deliver to you exactly what um, you need. You don't know sometimes what you need. You just know that um, you need something. And But if you don't ask, nothing's going to come your way uh, and you won't spot when the right thing comes your way. So I explained this all to them and then on the Sunday morning we did our yoga and she didn't come. She just was very emotional and spent some time in her room. But she did, um, you know, she ended up coming in the morning when we started back. But before we started back, we went to the Noosa Markets. And as I'm walking through the Noosa Markets, I say to one of the ladies that I'm talking to, I say, you know, and I'm not going to say her name um, or anyone's names, but one, what I really believe for the sister is that she needs a coach. She needs somebody to help her through this. I reckon within three minutes of me saying this, this lady comes up to me and she says, oh, hi, you don't know me, but um, I know you. Hi, Cindy. I listen to Up for a Chat. Um, I watch everything you do. I'm, you're, you know, you girls are my heroes. Um, I've changed everything. I'm, And she just was going on about how, we had changed her life and I could tell she was a little bit nervous and I always like to make people feel comfortable. So I said to her, I said, why are you here at the markets? And she said, well, because of everything I've learned from you, I have a friend and I'm helping her change her habits basically. You know, I'm changing um, what she's doing. And we, I thought we'd come to the market and I'd show her this market and, you know, I'm helping her in her house and uh, because they see how well I'm doing, they want to know what I'm doing. And she said to, I said to her, where do you live? And she said, oh, I live in Amamore, but I work in Gympie. Now, one of the sisters, the sister that was needing help, lived in Gympie. <laughs> so I said to this, um, and she'll be listening to this, so I said to Robin, I said to her, you're not going to believe this, but I need a coach for somebody in Gympie that can coach this woman through changes decluttering her kitchen decluttering chemicals out of her house and putting her on the right path to eating better and and so on and so on and so I got her name and uh I, I got her number and I got her her email and I went back to you know back to the retreat and I explained this whole thing and everybody backed me up because they'd heard me say she needs a coach and then this woman, they heard this woman come up to me, Robin come up to me. And and the, the sisters said they all got goosebumps. Well, by the time that session ended, the sister that lived in Gympie comes up to me and says, is this Robin? She'd looked her up on Facebook. She was ready to go. And I just said to them, I said, see, when you put effort in and you put down what you want and even though you think you're not going to get it you have asked the universe what you want you have put energy into this and the right person comes into your life now whether robin is the right person i don't know but boy was that the best <laughs> indicator that the universe is listening to us so i was i rang kim straight away i was just blown away by what the universe delivered up to me just by not only one of the sisters, you know, or everybody putting this energy in and everybody thinking about it, but, yeah, I love it. I love this stuff. <laughs> I, I actually reckon, I recall you saying uh, just the other day, 
that you actually finally believe you're really good at it. You, you, actually, you, you, you think you're a fig jam with it, don't you, really? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And I, I said that to everybody at the retreat. I said, I am powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's true, though. Mm. And why are we surprised? Absolutely. Mm. Mm. And we should believe we're powerful because we're energy and you know we've been talking about this it's what the bleep is saying it's about perception it's about the the mind doesn't know what's future or past or what's reality or not reality and when you do visualizations and meditations and everything that we see on this planet apart from nature but everything that we see on this planet that has been made by man was conceived in a mind first that was not con- it was not built before conception in the mind. Mm. So everything that we want in our life has to be conceived in the mind first. And by putting that energy out there, then the right people come into your life at the right time. So I just remember the first day we, you know, we started up for a chat. I went to you guys and I said, I think we should do a podcast. And you both agreed. And then what, three days later, I see Lawrence Tam and Lawrence said, I'm um, we're thinking about creating a wellness couch and we want other podcasters on there. And Cindy, we'd like you to be the next podcaster. (laughs) We didn't know how to do a podcast. We had no idea. I said, we'll figure it out. Lawrence Tam just drops in there and says, would you like to be part of the couch? We'll look after everything. You just record, send it to us. We'll do it. (laughs) I know. Actually, I'm not sure we still know how to do podcasts. When I look we at don't. when I look at how clever people are out there with show notes, sorry, listeners, show notes, um, key links, um, ongoing messages, blogs, articles. You know, geez, our poor listeners, they've they've stuck with us for some time, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's amazing how things unfold, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> What a treat. Well, you know, we've reached the end of the podcast time and we haven't even gotten to our listeners' Q&A yet. How many times have we said this? We're really bad. Sorry, listeners. (laughs) Well, how about we make a commitment to get to their questions next time? Why don't we do that? Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Well, this has been a fabulous, fabulous show. It's been so nice to catch up with you guys Mm. and sort of and just hear what you've been doing and all the beautiful changes that you've been making and Kimmy to know that you're okay and Thanks, on a really profound path forward now and, you know, just, and, and you can run again, which is just awesome. One day. One day. One day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't let her do that yet, Karen. Stop it. <laughs> After you've been swimming for a while. Oh, okay. <laughs> With the sharks. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're sounding very sleepy. Mm. You swim went, with the shark. Not, not sure I heard that one. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, there's a noise. Sorry. Can't you're getting it. there. Are we still recording? Oh, you shark. Well, it's mm. fabulous, you guys. Thank you so much for being part of such an amazing show. And for all of our listeners, hopefully you guys have really enjoyed today's podcast. It's been wonderful for us to be able to catch catch up and share our journeys with you guys, and we'll look so much we'll look so much more forward to being able to dedicate a whole show to your question and answers. So, I really want to encourage you to go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat, and make sure that you post your questions there. 
because we would actually like to be able to dedicate an entire show to answering questions from you guys, which means we actually do need to get a couple more in. So why don't you go ahead and do that and send in your questions. You can either send them just on the Facebook page or you can um, send us a private message. You're most welcome to do that. So also, too, you guys can post your questions and your comments to all the W's, dot the wellness couch forward slash up for a chat. Now, also, before I sign off, and I just have to say this because we haven't had a chance to say this over the last couple of weeks, the Awaken the Change Within holiday trekking events are still up for grabs. We don't have too many spots left. But if you go to awakenthechangewithin.com, you'll be able to get all of the information there that you need about joining us both in New Zealand this year and also in Africa next year. So the New Zealand trip is creeping up really, really quickly. We've probably only got another two or three months that we can be open for um, taking bookings on that particular trip. So if you are interested and you've been flirting with it, stop procrastinating. Now's the time to do it. Jump onto the website, awakenthechangewithin.com, or you can, of course, email me at info at karensmith.com, or you can, of course, send your messages through our Facebook page. No problem at all. So thank you, everybody, for joining us here on Up For A Chat, and we are going to look so forward to seeing you same time, same station next week on Up For A Chat, where you get to become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. And we're going to see you on the trek. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.